Grace, mercy, and peace be from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, just almost two weeks ago, we celebrated our country's birthday, Fourth of July, fireworks and all. But we also pay tribute to the freedom that we have here in America. We have been so blessed in so many ways, especially because of the sacrifices for many people. And uh, so what do we do? Certainly in sporting events, we all get together and before the event, we stand up and we sing the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, say can you see? I'm going to stop right there so you don't have to hear my solo. I'm sure Stephanie is glad about that. But really, I'm reminded during this time, uh, thinking back to my time with my dad, he had season tickets to the Detroit Lions football. And we would go always to the old Tiger Stadium in Detroit to watch them. Now, I'm still a Detroit Lions fan, so don't hold that against me, okay? But really, the idea though is I still remember very much vividly when it was uh, before the game, and we all stand up, he's the first to stand up, and he would belt out the Star Spangled Banner. With, he just was, uh, you could tell, with Thanksgiving and proud. He was proud of his country because he did serve in the Korean War, in the Army, and, but he also just enjoyed to sing. You see, he was in the choir at church, loved to sing, and you could hear him very well. And he belted out again out of just joy and thanksgiving to sing. And you know, now I continue to do that. As I have my kids go to an event, or now my grandchildren. Now today, we're going to be looking into the Old Testament heroes. And today is Miriam. For she had a, several gifts, the gifts of faith a gift of leading and a gift of her voice and singing. Mary, along with her brother Moses, sang the first song in the Bible to glorify God after many, 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 many years of captivity in Egypt. He rescued them, rescued them from slavery, from Pharaoh and his army. And so she picked up her tambourine and led the women in singing the song of Moses and Miriam. And I'd like you to read these words. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. My Lord, my God, my strength, my song has now become my salvation become my salvation. You know, looking at the life of Miriam, there's a lot of, I think, a lot of similarities that we can relate to in our lives. You know, that's really important, I think, as we read the Bible. There's definitely similarities. Um, it's looking at their strengths and weaknesses that relate to us. Looking at the life of Miriam, sometimes we, you know, I, I just... I think about it, in Scripture we, we learn, first of all, that she is a young 
girl at 12 to 13 years old when it starts to take place. And her parents had quite a crisis on their hands after having a baby boy. The Pharaoh, concerned with the growing population of slavery, of the slaves in, in uh, Egypt, definitely paranoid and concerned, anxious. And so he had issued a decree, and the decree was to have any newborn baby boys to be killed and thrown into the Nile to drown. Boy, that would cause some problems. So what they did was obviously had a plan in that which they, and Marion which participated in, uh, got a basket, used pitch and tar to make it waterproof, put a nice red cloth upon him, the baby boy, and place it at the edge of the river in the reeds where it could be found. In Exodus, we learn this, that Miriam stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. And it's clear that Miriam was a smart gal. She was also very trustworthy and trusting in the Lord. We're told that the Pharaoh's daughter then had this baby come to her, and she looked and saw this baby boy crying, and eventually she felt sorry for this. And so right then and there, we find that Marion, the young girl, had the guts then to go to her and ask this question, shall I go? and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? And she said, yes, by all means. And yes, it turns out that Miriam got her mother to then was able to nurse and help raise this, her baby boy until later on. And she gave to the Pharaoh's daughter this boy, who she then named as Moses. Moses, Moses. Not knowing all the details of this story, it's obvious that Miriam was significantly involved in God's plan in which not only to preserve, but also to help, I would say, train a future leader of Israel, Moses. So what can we learn from the faith of Miriam? Well, first of all, I think this, she placed herself in a position to be used by God. You know, although the Hebrew people felt helpless in, in slavery in Egypt, Miriam, in a way, powerfully acted in doing her part in the plan of God and making importance that this is. You know, I think about this. What would, some people would say, oh, it was very little significance what she did, and I want to say this. What would have happened to Moses if she didn't have the guts? If she didn't take that leap, even not knowing, knowing that maybe this could also lead to her being in prison or whatever. So my question to you this morning is, do you try to put yourself in situations of carrying out God's plan? So do you? I want to say this, don't discredit 
even the smallest of things, at how God can use you in his work here on earth. Expect, you know, I think about this too, that in our daily lives, God wants to use us to shine his love and his compassion to those who are in need or those who are alone, those that need help. And they're out there within our families, within our neighborhood, within our work, or school. But you need to place yourself in that. And that not only per your body, but also emotionally, mentally as well, and in your heart. God, use me. Use me. The second thing that Miriam really shows and we can learn from her faith is that she expect oh whoops she expected god was going to make something happen expect god to work through you in whatever situation you may find yourself good or bad in stress or not working or retired expect god to work through you. With prayer, I think about prayer and that when we pray, be expected of prayer that he's going to answer that prayer. You know, there's three ways he can answer it. Yes, no, or not yet. But when he says no, think about this, that maybe he's leading you on to something better or greater. Expect that when we, when we, I think about this in, in terms of when we come to the Lord's table, as you, you know, and we receive his means of grace, expect to be forgiven upon your confession of your sins. Now, as we go into Exodus 15, we learn from Moses that Miriam is a prophetess. He calls her a prophetess. And part of prophesizing is considering, certainly is consisting of giving praise and thanks to the Lord in song. She led that. How important that is that we glorify God in singing. And I just want to say, the adult choir here, I was inspired this day, just hearing it. And uh, what did it, I tell you is we praise God you know, we come to worship to praise him, not only to receive his grace and his word, but to praise him. It's kind of two things, opportunities. And when we do that, boy, I feel good doing that. Feel good. I hope you do too. Moses called Miriam a prophetess because, too, of her ability to lead and she led the women, not only in singing, but she led the women in teaching. For she taught the women the Torah, the first five chapter, five books of the Bible, and the Torah, the law, and, and guess she led the women while Moses was leading the men. I know Pastor Davis talked about the team that Moses had. She was a big, from last week, she was a key component of that team. 
in carrying out God's plan. I want to think, I think of uh, Colossians 3.16, and I'd like all of us to read this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. I love it, singing in songs, psalms, but also spiritual songs, singing with grace in the heart, in your heart for the Lord. You know, another thing I want to point out to you, especially women here, is this. Don't diminish yourself in the importance of your work in God's kingdom here on earth. Throughout the Bible, I know there's at least seven women in the Old Testament that were involved in carrying out his mission. Yes, Marion was not Moses, and either was Aaron Moses, but each had a role in the plan of God and carried it out, trusting the Lord. But one thing I have to say is, I want to say about it, is how often we have sometimes problems with comparing ourselves with others either thinking someone's greater or lesser than ourselves. And this is a problem. This is not healthy. It can also diminish our relationship with others. It diminishes our ability to be effective in carrying out God's mission if we do that. What we learned it caused a problem with Marion in the book of Numbers several years after crossing the Red Sea. You see, Miriam and Aaron were not happy when Moses married a person, a Cushite wife. Both were not in favor of this younger, their younger brother and marrying this Cushite, a foreigner. She was not one of the Israelites. No, she was from Ethiopia. But it's interesting that in our scripture reading that it says here, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of this Cushite wife. And it's interesting that in the scripture, Miriam is listed first before Aaron. So my guess is Miriam probably was kind of instigating a lot of this complaining to Moses. In fact, this is what they said to Moses. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he also spoken through us? She clearly has an attitude problem. She's arrogant. I think there's a problem between, with pride and prejudice. How easily we can fall into that same trap with our attitude towards others. How we then oftentimes bring our expectations upon other people and yet, and yes, God, and, we, and even God, and we become frustrated and sometimes angry towards them. 
And so what did we hear, learn then? And God became angry and heard because he heard Miriam and Aaron. And he calls them together, the tent of meeting. And he comes upon them to basically call them under the carpet with, through a pillar of clouds and speaks to them and literally puts them in their place. And after, after the God was done and the cloud dissipated, Aaron discovered that Miriam was afflicted with leprosy. Her skin was white as snow. I'm sure Aaron was feeling a little guilty himself, and he, so he calls Moses and said, Moses, help us. Help Miriam. And so Moses gets on his knees and cries to God in prayer and asks that he would be able to heal Miriam. And God does heal Miriam. He does. Not, though, until seven days later. For those seven days, she was separated from the pack, from the people of Israel. Miriam was humbled. Miriam was humbled. Very much so. God does heal her. We give thanks for that. You know, in the Gospel of Matthew, we learn Jesus talking to disciples, and he says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So as Miriam was humbled, Moses himself had been humbled by God. And guess what? I know I have been humbled by God as we've lived out our lives, as I've lived out my life, and I'm going to say you may have been humbled by God. And I want to say, we, oftentimes when we get humbled, we learn to actually grow, be more Christ-like. So after the experience of Mary and continue, after this experience, Mary, Miriam continued to live out her faith in serving her Lord, loving her Lord, for she was forgiven. Just as we are forgiven as we sometimes put those walls of pride in front of us. But through Christ, he enables us to confess these sins and know that we are forgiven and know that we are a redeemed child of God. And God restored Marion back into the ministry that she had, serving with Moses and Aaron in a powerful, impactful, glorifying way in the leadership of the people of Israel. In fact, in the book of Micah, 700 years later, it's written this, that God speaks as he says this, I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. Miriam lived out her life of faith and service to her Lord. We then are called to live out our life in service to the Lord. And when we do that, brothers and sisters in Christ, 
you will be blessed beyond extraordinary ways. Amen? Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds to life everlasting. Amen. Let us now stand as we confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated, and certainly in this offertory, just remember as uh, you leave, you may put in your tithes and offerings to the Lord in the basket uh, there in the back. I want to say, any visitors, we welcome you. And just uh, please, you, you, not necessary to give an offering unless your heart tells you otherwise. And certainly the Lord loves a cheerful giver.